from personal experience and growing up in small towns my entire life, I can surely tell you, they keep some dark secrets. Welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. If you're new to the swamp, be sure to subscribe and join us and hit that like button. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Last winter, I had an experience in Congaree National Park outside of Columbia that brought me to this show. It's a beautiful boardwalk that goes through the swamps and the cypress forest in them. If you look it up on the internet, this story will make some more sense. I lived in Columbia, South Carolina and frequented Congaree National Park, so I'm rather familiar with the area. I often would jump the fence and walk the boardwalk at night as it's super peaceful to walk the swamp and hear all the wildlife. They don't typically have rangers or guards after hours, so I was always alone. The last time I did this was in October of 2021. I took my usual stroll with the flashlight. I should mention again between the insects and frogs, the sound is loud. But roughly a mile in, the sound completely stopped. I heard what I thought was my wife call me from the trail ahead but she was not there. I was alone, and she was out of town. I then heard water sloshing to my right and saw nothing with my flashlight. I chalked it up to me being tired and kept moving. The wildlife started up shortly after again, and everything was fine. Maybe 15 minutes later, I noticed it got eerily quiet once again and heard swamp water sloshing on my left. But this time, it was more deliberate, like somebody was walking with a purpose. I was in a thick portion of the cypress and couldn't see more than 20 feet in front of me. And then I heard my wife's voice again. Again, she wasn't with me and she was out of town, certainly not moving through a swamp at 1am. I saw a human silhouette for a split second, but it was distorted, off if you will. Very skinny, pale, and taller than me at 6 foot tall. I noped the hell out of there and ran almost 2 miles back to my truck and didn't slow up until I heard the wildlife again. As I said, this is a boardwalk that's in a swamp in the boonies. Nobody is walking around in the water at night without a light, and I don't know of any big animal that walks in a bipedal pattern, and I have spent most of my life outdoors. I feel I should add that I wasn't high or sleep deprived either. I typically like the woods at night as well. I am 25 years old. I'm a man from the Midwest of the United States, and this is my account of the strangest thing I've ever seen while on this planet so far. When I was much younger, I lived with my parents and two brothers in a trailer park in the middle of a small Midwestern town in northern Missouri. Our trailer was at the end of the park, but was still surrounded by the neighboring houses along the four-way intersection with stop signs our trailer set at. One afternoon, while the sun was still in the sky, my two brothers and I went outside in our tiny yard by the road and were playing in a water sprinkler while my parents were inside. After some time, my brothers went inside 
but I stayed outside jumping over the sprinkler by myself. I went to jump the sprinkler again and caught my foot on it and tripped and fell to the ground. I was lying on my back and sat facing the four-way intersection by our trailer with our trailer to my left and one of the roads that meet the four-way to my right. I was lying in the corner of the front and the side of the trailer. I was okay and immediately started to get up and jump some more when I heard a wet sloppy sound. While still laying on my butt with my hands behind me on the ground, I thought it was my swimming shorts I had on, but I couldn't seem to recreate the sound with them. I heard the sound again, and it sounded like something moving around in the water or swimming in the water, but the only water in the area was from the sprinkler, and it did not make the sound I was hearing. Still sitting on the ground, I looked around to see what was making this wet sound when suddenly to my left, besides our trailer, a person's head and shoulders emerged from the ground, completely covered in thick red blood. Still there, suddenly frozen in fear, I looked and could not tell any details of the person because of all the blood covering them. The person, or thing, noticed me there after a couple of seconds, turned their head, and looked right at me, while still from their shoulders down remaining underground. It looked like they had no eyes, or at least I could not see them. Their head was covered in thick red liquid. We stared at each other for what was no more than 20 seconds before I started backing up on my hands and feet to escape it. As I crab crawled around the corner of the trailer out of its sight, he leaned out of the ground to keep looking at me from the corner. At this point, it was from the stomach up, leaning out of the ground with its arms still below the grass level, looking at me, and when it moved, I heard the wet sloppy sound again. He looked at me for a few more seconds before in one solid motion, he shot out of the ground to their feet completely covered head to toe in this thick, bloody looking liquid. I'd say probably five or six feet tall, with an average build. I could tell from the shape that it was a man, but so caked in blood or goo, that's all I could really talk about, and all I could really remember. Still locked in on me, it turned its head and started frantically running down the street directly away from me, with the sound of wet bare feet hitting the ground. Panicking, I got up and ran inside, crying to my parents, and the memory got fuzzy after just recalling it. I have no idea what this thing was, where it came from, or why it came to be. Nobody I've ever shared this story with seems to even have a clue of what it could be. Most people say maybe it's a demon, maybe I just hallucinated, or maybe something in between. I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. I'll probably never truly know, but my mind is always with many questions when I think about this experience. This event happened last summer in 2021. It was a beautiful day, and my friend Krista, AJ, and I were all off work, an occasion that never really happens. We decided to go on a hike, smoke a bit, and then get dinner. It was a fantastic day, but we wanted to keep it going. We all wanted to do something spooky and exciting. We live in a small town on the border of Maryland and West Virginia, so things got boring quickly especially in a place with no nightlife. We spent some time researching some creepy places we could drive to. We read about a back road where two girls were murdered and decapitated outside a college town in West Virginia. The stories say at night you can see the two girls searching for their heads on the roadside. We must have driven for about an hour looking for this road, but nothing exciting happened when we finally found it. 
None of us wanted to waste our time searching anymore, so we drove to an allegedly haunted cemetery about an hour away. The cemetery has over 14,000 graves and has a rather creepy history. It has a section of graves designated as the Historic District, which houses the very first tombs dating back to the 1800s. At the cemetery entrance is a vast Victorian-style house used as a funeral parlor. However, it had been abandoned and out of use for about 20 years at this point. In the middle of the massive cemetery was a mausoleum at the top of a tall hill. The mausoleum was a large marble structure and was highly costly when it was built in the early 1900s. According to quick Google researches, we read that most paranormal activity had been experienced at the mausoleum. We started at the historic district close to the cemetery entrance. Krista downloaded a spirit box app on her phone. I know what you're thinking. Apps aren't always accurate, but I genuinely believe this one is. A spirit box is a device, or in this case an app, that rapidly switches radio stations to the point to where it's just white noise. It's believed that spirits can manipulate the radio waves to speak to those in this realm. The app also had a built-in EMF reader, which records changes in electromagnetic field. Again, it is believed that spirit energy can manipulate electromagnetic fields. The more beeps, the more activity is happening around you. Anyway, we wander around the district with the app up and running. We asked a few questions out loud along the way. Is there anyone who wants to speak to us? How did you pass away? How long have you been here? These are fundamental questions that the spirit typically answers. Throughout the cemetery, there was absolutely no activity. We occasionally heard little blips on the radio. We even made out the words hello and savior, but other than that, it was rather quiet. After about an hour or so, we decided to drive up to the mausoleum for one last attempt to contact someone or something. I should mention that AJ was on crutches at the time, recovering from knee surgery, so we couldn't explore that long without him needing a break. We drove up the road that spiraled around the hill until we got to the building. The closer we got, we noticed fog rolling around the mountain but nowhere else in the area. We pulled up to the steep two-level stairway that led to the front of the building and I took a few pictures from the bottom of the hill as I was taking pictures during our explorations around the entire site. Krista and I walked up to the stairs while AJ wobbles. As soon as I got to the top, I felt uneasy, but I brushed it off as being creeped out by the fog and the creepy appearance of the mausoleum. Krista and AJ were over it, complaining that we hadn't seen or heard anything and that the online stories were all lies. Well, this was a bust, said Krista as she turned on the spirit box. Is there anyone here that would like to speak to us? I asked into the open air, not expecting anything to happen, just like the rest of the night. Typing out this next part makes me tremble. This part is nowhere near dull, though I might have preferred to be bored rather than what we experienced. As soon as I completed my sentence, the stations of the spirit box stopped. The sound that came over the speaker was the most inhuman, demonic sound I'd ever heard. It made the most guttural, 
blood-curdling growl that no human I've ever met could recreate. It replays in my head whenever I tell this story, burned into my brain where I can't escape it. We all looked at each other and immediately screamed and ran down the steps. When I say scream, I mean the entire town below probably woke up from it. I ran down the steps and started to pass AJ who was hopping down the steps as fast as he could. I see him drop one of his crutches and start hobbling down with one of his legs. Leave it! Go! I yelled as I ran past him and unlocked the car. I floored it out of there as fast as I could while we all caught our breath. What the hell was that? Krista screamed. No one had an answer. We were all just dumbfounded and in shock. Eventually, I turned around to go get AJ's crutch that was left on the stairs. I ran as fast as I could while singing silly hip-hop songs to help distract me from the fact that I was entering the scary place again. I got the crutch, hopped back in, and we finally made our way back home. We passed that old funeral parlor I mentioned as we exited the cemetery. As we drove by, we saw the lights flicker on and off three times. Um, isn't that place supposed to be abandoned? AJ asked with uneasiness in his voice. I don't think any of this place is abandoned, I said as we got onto the highway. When we got home, we looked at the pictures we had taken. All of my photos around the cemetery turned out clear and had no real abnormalities, aside from a few quote-unquote orbs, though I'm skeptical about them. Hey Swamp Folk, today's episode is sponsored by our good friends over at HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers fresh, quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week's time so you can savor summer flavors right from your home. HelloFresh now has 30 brand new recipes to choose from every single week. That's more than any other meal kit on the market. Get foolproof, step-by-step -step recipes meaning a joyful cooking experience and a stress-free summer. Plus, HelloFresh cuts back on the time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in and around 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh's new menu release includes Mediterranean recipes filled with fresh fruits and veggies, nuts, olive oils, and fiber-packed whole grains for nourishing balance. Personally, I've been using HelloFresh for a couple of years now, and I very much enjoy how they switch it up every season, and I think you guys will too. So join me and many others in the swamp. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Swamped16 and use code Swamped16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Again, HelloFresh.com slash Swamped16 and use code Swamped16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Come find out why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I've been friends with this guy named Ryan for 8 years now. We met in 4th grade. We just finished our junior year of high school. He and I have both been a fan of random walks for quite some time. We've been doing it for a couple of years now during the winter, spring, summer, and fall. Safe to say we love taking walks. He lives a few blocks away from a cemetery. We go straight two blocks to get there and take a right down a hill. There's this bridge we go through, then there's the cemetery. It's on a large hill, so most of it is not very visible unless you're up there. We got a little distant during our 8th grade year and didn't hang out too much. 
I became the popular kid, which was shocking since I've always been an introvert. But anyways, I digress. The point I'm making is we didn't go on many walks together. We rekindled our friendship our first year when COVID hit. We hung out more and talked more. We started walking to the cemetery more and noticed this yellow sports car that would be parked there. We didn't think too much of it. Maybe someone was grieving. It's a cemetery after all. We continued walking there, and the yellow car was at the same spot every single time we went. The lights were turned off. It just sat there for hours at a time. Again, we didn't think too much of it. After becoming a little more distant my sophomore year, we began hanging out more during the beginning of our junior year. We went to the cemetery like usual, and there was the same yellow car. It was just there doing nothing. We both know it wasn't a worker since the vehicle, just parked in the middle of the path, you can drive through. Not at the parking lot near the buildings. But we still carried on. Fast forward to May of 2022, we were just about to finish our junior year. We went to the cemetery at around 9pm since I got a job at a pizza place in January. I always worked 4 to 9, sometimes 4 to 8. Every weekday besides Thursday. We walked like usual, talking about true crime, how dry our love lives are, and about movies coming out soon. We noticed the car wasn't there for once. The cemetery has a lot of hills and stretches out. There are maybe a few thousand graves with still a lot of room. You must walk up a mountain to get to the main area, and most of the graveyard is still not visible because of the hills. We continue walking to where the car usually parks, since we've never been there. We continue talking about our issues and notice a vehicle driving in the path. We didn't think too much of it, but when it came close to us, we saw that it was yellow. The same type of headlights, the same license plate. It was dark out then, so we relied on our flashlights on our phones. We got a little freaked out, but carried on. We walked a little bit more until the yellow car stopped at its usual place. We stopped roughly 30 feet away from the vehicle for a second with our flashlights. We heard the door open and footsteps approach us. We freaked out and shut off our phone. We bolted away. We were faster than the person, but we knew they were running after us. I asked Ryan in a whisper if he brought pepper spray with him, and of course he didn't bring it the one time that we needed it. We hid behind big gravestones for a minute, waiting to see if this person would run by, but they didn't come. They must have given up. We waited for a couple of more minutes and bolted out of the cemetery, entirely out of breath. We joked about it a little since before we went into the graveyard, we said, Imagine if something terrifying were to happen to us. Speak of the devil. I wonder what would have happened to us that night if they caught us. I wonder just what they would have done to us. I am glad that Ryan and I took extreme caution when we saw that car. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be writing this right now. Many people have asked me what I think caused this experience, and I don't really have an answer. So, in an attempt to explain, let me tell my story. I'm not really religious or spiritual, however, I simply can't ignore what happened. This happened in 2010. When I met the woman, who would later become my wife, we started renting a small house in a rather small town. I was in the process of beginning a new job and circumstances prevented me from staying in the house with her for the first week. We would talk on the phone each morning during my drive to work. 
She would explain to me each morning that she had struggled to sleep the previous night. She described sounds that kept her awake. It sounded like someone was running through the house. Objects were falling off the kitchen counter. Doors were slamming. After three days, I decided to go ahead and move in with her. I was convinced that someone was breaking in and harassing her. However, she was confident that she was sharing the house with a ghost. I took off work on the third day. It took me about eight hours to get everything moved in. I was taking a break on our bed, still fully dressed, when I felt something or someone tugging on my pant leg. I remained motionless, hoping that it would happen again. After a few seconds, it did happen again, much more aggressively this time. I felt a hand firmly placed on my leg just before it grabbed my jeans and started pulling. She was on the bed next to me, and no one else was with us. We had no pets as it was not allowed at the time. I immediately started having the same experiences as she had described over the phone throughout the night. It was like someone was destroying our kitchen, but nothing was ever out of place. There was running, as she explained, which sounded like a smaller person, perhaps even a child. I woke up one night to someone standing next to my bed hovering over me. I heard giggling. The individual bolted out of the room as I turned my head. It was too dark to notice any features. Over eight months' time, many unusual things happened. To make a long story short, I'll skip ahead to my prior experience, perhaps the most frightening. I was alone in the house, waiting to join an online seminar. I was sitting on my couch with my laptop on the coffee table. I heard the back door slam shut and a person began dashing through the house. These footsteps were heavier, and this person was quickly moving. Given the design of our tiny house, this person was running in my direction. I shot up and ran out of the house. I didn't stop until I reached the street. That's where I remained until my wife returned. As I was standing by the street, I was looking back in the house. A balloon from a recent party made its way from the kitchen into my bedroom, then back into the kitchen moments later. It felt like I was being watched by someone, and it also felt like I was watching somebody search for me going room to room, all while holding this balloon. This was the last thing to ever happen to us. It randomly stopped after that, but we continued living there in fear for four more years. I would give anything to experience it again in a strange way, though. I would try to be less afraid and approach the situation more analytically. My wife, on the other hand, was never scared of it. Unfortunately, my wife passed away a few years ago. I know she would have enjoyed sharing her story here. I still drive by the house occasionally, and no one has ever moved in. It's in a small town area where not a whole lot of people seem to be moving these days. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp growing. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please give this a 5 star rating over there as it helps me grow on those platforms. It's incredibly appreciated. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural.
If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me over on Twitch. You can find a link to follow me in the description. Currently, I'm playing The Quarry over there, so if you're a fan of highly rated horror games, be sure to come check us out over there as we try to survive. Don't forget to join me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.